Hello. It is Thursday, January 21st. Good show. Good show. Great show today. Hey, let's go to it, huh? Mm-hmm. Maybe we just get to the show. Yeah, let's get right to it. Good conversation. Had some news. Did a little of this, a little bit of that, a little verbal jousting. Motor City Dan Campbell. Wild time to be an NFL fan. Incredibly insane time to be a Detroit Lion fan. Let's go. If you like the show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never happened. Cheers. This is a sports show, and I'll tell you what, there's some things to talk about today for sure. There are some incredible statistics that have come out about Tom Brady. Uh, one in particular that we would like to talk about is post-37 years of age playoff experience. A stat came out on that that is absolutely insane. That should be talked about. Uh, the University of Tennessee, over the last couple of days, it has been found out. They're just dropping bags of money to recruits, get a little sloppy diner. Jeremy Pruitt gets fired. They're probably going to get NCAA violations. Rocky Top's about to potentially tumble down because of a sloppy operation trying to recruit kids. We could talk about that, and we will talk about that. Deshaun Watson will talk about that. Conor McGregor's fights this weekend. Ooh. Championship weekend, we'll talk about that. But it is very hard, okay, for me not to talk to you about something that we were just watching before we got on this show. Motor City Dan Campbell, MC, DC, had his press conference to announce that he was the head coach of the Detroit Lions, official head, uh, head coach uh, announcement. And it was a Zoom press conference, obviously, because it's 2021 right now. Uh, a lot of 2020 still seems to be very prevalent here in 2021. I thought once uh, it became January 1st, a lot of things were going to change. It feels like pretty same goddamn thing right now. But there is one big difference, and that is Dan Campbell is a head coach in the NFL again. And Dan Campbell being a head coach for the Detroit Lions is good for everybody. Is it going to be good for the Lions organization? I mean, TBD. <laughs> I, 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 that will be something that will have to be uh, determined at a later date to see how this whole thing goes. But for us, and as football fans, you should feel very good that maybe the most football guy, football guy I have ever seen in the long, long history of football guys, okay? Football guy is an incredible compliment to a lot of guys that are in football, okay? Uh, a lot of coaches, you're like, uh, I'm just a football guy. That's literally what they say. You ask them about anything going on in the world, they legitimately have no idea. They, they, you hear about these types of people that go completely dive into their work and only care about their work and everything like that. You hear about that. In football, it seems like there is a larger percentage of those types of people that dive into their work in the coaching community than maybe anywhere else in our society. We're talking about having no fucking idea what's going on on in the actual world only know what's going on in between the lines okay that's why it's been a massive compliment for a long long time motor city dan campbell the head coach for detroit lions might be the biggest football guy i have ever seen operate in public in my entire life his opening press conference was electric at one point he said you're gonna knock us down we're going to get up and on our way up. We're going to bite your kneecap off. <laughs> this guy is going to be fucking awesome. I, there's allegedly a chance we might talk to him in the next couple of weeks. I cannot wait for it. Uh, I, I'm very happy that we get a chance to be a live daily show with him being a head coach in yes. the NFL. Like, this is, this is awesome. I think the way he's going to handle media is going to be one that people are going to look forward to. They asked him one question. He went on a three-minute run. That was fucking spectacular. It was a WWE promo, and then he ended 
presented it with uh, basically, we're going to build this thing and we're, we're going to do it the right way. And then next question, he goes, all right. It, it was, <laughs> the guy was awesome. No filter at all, it felt like. He said he's going to be genuine, he's going to be passionate. And here's one, here's this one minute that we clipped. Okay, this is, by the way, he's still going right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is still going right now. It is electrifying. And in this one minute clip here, uh, Obviously, Foxy was very tied to it because it was his entire vision of what the Lions are going to be. And vision was something he talked about a lot. And now, granted, he said this in many different ways and other different questions. <laughs> but in this particular one minute and two seconds here, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, I think you are fucking excited about the possibilities. And if you're not a Detroit Lions fan, you are excited about the possibilities. <laughs> this is awesome. Go ahead and run that thing, Foxy. This place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And... I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. All I day. can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, but none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language. All right, here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, mm. all right, and the city's been been down, and it found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, right all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, Fuck all right? Up. And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. Other and, we're gonna get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And Those when patellas. we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, Third before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality. I mean, yes. whoa. Who's going to beat that team? Whoa. I'll tell you what. No other team in the NFL is ready to bite off fucking patellas, dude. No. Two Nobody. patellas getting gouged out of the knees. I dislocated my kneecap. It hurts so bad. Could you imagine someone bites that motherfucker off? <laughs> That's the type of attitude that MCDC is bringing to Detroit. Wow. Detroit Rock City being led by Motor City Dan Campbell. I mean, this is just maybe the best thing to happen to the NFL in a long, long time at this point. At Evan Foxy, yes. the Detroit Lions, you've said this. Uh, if we're going to stink, yes. at least let us have an entertaining head coach. Yep. And I'll tell you what, one press conference almost done. <laughs> At this point, yeah. maybe we're batting a thousand up. There. <laughs> yes, we are. This guy is awesome. The Lions, they drafted Barry Sanders. All right. They drafted Calvin Johnson. All right. They drafted Matthew Stafford. He's right? gone, by the way. Hiring yeah. Motor City Dan Campbell is the greatest thing the Detroit Lions have ever done. Oh, jeez. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, back all right. Foxy. And now I can understand what you're saying because. Now, Barry Sanders, we just on a show the other day. Mm -hmm. Great guy. 10 great for guy. 10. One of the greatest of all time. Uh, Calvin Johnson, same thing. You guys actually kind of screwed him over. That's mm -hmm. potentially what the curse alongside right. Barry Sanders That's did right. this whole thing. Yeah. But Motor City Dan Campbell in 2021 seems to be a bit of a glimmer of hope for a lot of people that are Detroit Lions fans. Oh my I, was, I was snooping around Lions Twitter. Mm -hmm. They love Motor City Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah. It is being heralded as the greatest opening press conference a head coach has ever had. In Motor City, Dan Campbell, by the way, in that press conference, alluded to how many head coaching press conferences Detroit has had to listen to. <laughs> and he, he's heard them all, probably. He said he drinks a gallon of coffee a day, and not every coach is going to be like that, all right? He doesn't want every coach. Not want every coach to be like that. <laughs>
at Ty Schmidt, are you worried this guy just came into the NFC North? Oh, I mean, that, as a Green Bay Packers oh, owner, that is something to think about. Uh, while Dan was out there babbling and, you know, <laughs> bouncing around, being all scatterbrained, I just said, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this guy. Uh, I think the Packers are going to do just fine in the Dan Campbell era. But, hey, oh, whoa, hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. You're already whoa. saying the Dan Campbell era is going to end. I'll tell you what, fella. After that press conference, I'm not sure we're ever going to see the day where Dan Campbell is to see Jordan Love does not stand a chance against Dan Campbell, dude. I mean, he talked an awful lot about, you know, getting knocked down. I hope everyone has as good of a, a chin as Dan Campbell has because, you know, a lot of fights you can't just get knocked down eight, ten, twelve times and just still keep popping back up. It doesn't always work like that. Three knockdowns, one round, by the way. It is that is over. a TKO. Yeah, it is so, that is what you're looking for. And, and he said he was getting back up, but this isn't boxing. Okay? True. This is life and this is football because I think he was referring to both. I'm happy for Lions fans. Like like Foxy said, I mean, He's I'm – still going? Still going. Can we cut into that real yeah. quick? Yep. They're okay. Tapping. Up to that. And, uh, <laughs> and so, look, nobody, nobody likes that taste for sure. And uh, – <laughs> You know, there's always a lot of lessons that can be learned from losing. You just got to make sure that you learn them and and you correct them. Because if you don't, then you're destined to do the same thing over and over. Right? Oh, wow. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Larry Lage, Associated Press. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, right, thank you. Take me back to uh, when you finished up the interim gig, um, did a solid job, but you're probably wondering, like, am I going to get another shot? Um, and now to have that shot, um, Take me back then and, and how it feels to be standing there now. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly how I felt. Um, hey, <laughs> I knew I knew I could do this. I knew this was something that I was uh, – I felt like I was born to do. Um, and, boy, I had a – there was a whole whole list of things that I wrote down is that I wish I'd have done this better. Man, I should have learned from this. This would have been something that, you know, had moving forward I would have done. Um, and so – uh, I can tell you exactly what happened. Sean Payton called me immediately, and he said, hey, you know, I'd love to have you out here. Come out here with me. And I had a couple of other offers uh, going on, but Sean's like, listen, you come out here. You'll be my assistant head coach, and you'll I'll fill in all the pieces for you. <laughs> I'll fill in everything. Uh, he's been going for, what, like 30, 40 minutes at this point? Yeah. Just getting started. I love we can just tap in at Dan Campbell anytime we want. I, was, I hope we can do this all year. Nobody wants that taste. Dan Campbell camera, uh, please. All right. <laughs> I'm pumped for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. So am I. If anybody can break the Calvin Johnson curse, I mean, it's that guy yes. right there. That guy will run right through that thing. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. The curse doesn't want to fuck with Dan you think, Campbell. Dude. You think maybe... You think maybe the Patriots missed the boat here because Ooh, on DC, yeah, yeah, yeah. that they could have maybe had him. It's, it's funny you say that actually, because while I was watching, I was thinking, man, the Patriots are in a bad situation, but at least we don't have that fucking guy talking all day, building all these things about biting oh. Patellas off. Whoa. No thanks, I'm not worried about Dan Campbell. Wow. Didn't want him. I don't want him when they go three and thirteen and he gets fired. Won't want him. Then. Six years. Don't want him now. Okay. I will say this about the Lions, and this is, I mean. Lions chatter makes its way into our show often, and I'm not sure there's a lot of national shows that do that. So I, I, I do appreciate the Detroit Lions, you know, fans, and the situation that has been up there for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. But it does feel like there's a chance this could all completely back. <laughs> oh, That's what the internet's saying. That's what the internet's saying. Because, you know, just the other day, new GM, uh, what's his, Brandon? Brad, Brad Holmes. Brad, Brad. Brad Holmes. He said, this is not a rebuild, this is a retool. 
Dan Campbell, and one of the best answers I've heard in opening press conference history, in the middle of it, just kind of dropped the thing. He said, we're going to build this thing the right way. We're going to build it from scratch. And, uh, <laughs> and we're going to have a vision for every player, and we're going to go. And, and it was really motivating. But then as soon as he heard that, I was like, ooh, ooh build from scratch. We get Stafford in Indianapolis, yeah, or what's yeah. going on here? I'll be intrigued to see how this whole thing plays out with Motor City Dan Campbell. Uh, you, here's a quote from... New Lions head coach Dan Campbell and Matthew Stafford. I'm going to have a sit-down with Brad Holmes, but here's what I'll say. Matthew's a stud. He's one of the toughest QBs you'll ever see. He's extremely talented, a team guy, and I know he wants to win. So I'll leave it at that. He does seem like a Stafford guy. Oh, yeah. I would think so, yeah. yeah sure. This guy has never asked to leave this hellhole for yeah. however many years now at this point. Tough as nails. But he did say his vision for the team is if you can't stop an outside zone, we're going to run the outside zone the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> and on defense side of the ball, if you can't block, we're going to blitz the entire game. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I respect it. I respect it. He, what's, your, what's your offensive philosophy? What's your defensive philosophy? Now, I have some ideas, he said, because I know it's working. I played there. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to set these guys up to do something that they can't do. Like, you're, you're asking me to cut down to 2i or something. Okay, not going to be possible. <laughs> this is an answer he gave today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am I, genuinely pumped to see. I hope Dan Campbell has – immense success i honestly do because i would like to see that type of um press conference on a regular basis yeah. i think at this point and i hope he has yeah i hope it works out for him. i mean we all know i am a spineless jellyfish um who will adapt to anything but i heard this conversation and i added the notifications i turned them on for the detroit lions added them to my favorite teams list had to be one of the only not not the only. I'm sorry. It had to be not the only person to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't even I didn't even know that existed. Now yeah. that I have it, now that you've told me that, I'm thinking about turning that on. Are they gonna text me with whenever? Yeah, they will send you updates to your phone, yeah. Hey, Motor City Dan's about to take the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it. He's still going. Oh yeah. He, this might be an eight hour interview. He's not stopping either. <laughs> He's got his I want to know our over under for next season because I'm hammering that over. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Oh, dude. After this, the sportsbook might say twelve. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they might they might they say might, twelve. They might say four and a half. I mean, the good thing for the Lions is they're gonna be in the driver's seat for Arch Manning because they're gonna suck for what, five, ten years? Whoa, 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 whoa. He's oh, he's dude. he's got six years. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So the they're going to get Arch, the number one pick. Hey, you know, sure. there's a chance we get Motor City Dan Campbell on the show, and I'm going to let him know yep. that immediately upon maybe one of the mm-hmm. most electric opening press conferences in head coaching NFL history. Yeah. You just shit on him and say he wasn't going to be good. I'm going to let him know that. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're going to stare down Dan Campbell on that television right there. Yeah. And you're going to say, yeah, I said that. You are in. No, no, no. That, that, we, got the, that. we got the same last name. He can't kill the same kin. Okay. Yeah, so, he can. Uh, by, yeah, he can. by the way, another yeah, Campbell would. is Matt Campbell. Yeah. Who's the Iowa State head coach, which oh. is potentially why he got the job because he said he put his name down as Matt mm-hmm. instead of Dan. Oh, what do you want him to do? I stink without Tom. No, no, I don't want him to say that. Was, that but. Are you getting oh, into the impressions? Oh. Hey, Diggs is doing impressions. Did you get into the impressions game? I didn't know you were doing that. Oh, cowboy tip of the cap. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Motor City. Okay, uh, since you mentioned Bill Belichick, let's move off of Motor City. Dan, let's keep him here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's keep yeah. him here. Bro, one question was asked, and he won on yeah. a five minute, and there wasn't like a drop off. No. It was five minutes of like I every wall. Two minutes. Every wall running through, just bang, 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 bang. bang. I'm so happy. A gallon of coffee a day. MCDC. This is never ending. Hey, go get you a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like them. 
I want him to be good. Oh, now. This guy screams denominator. I just know that at the end of the day. Connor, I'd like to see you and Dan Campbell in an Oklahoma dress. What are you going to do? What, one day you're just going to put on pads and have all these guys you've offended <laughs> fucking come on Dan, Dan Campbell plays tight end. I'm not a defensive end. If I were, then maybe it would be an Oklahoma drill situation. Could here, you, but it's not. Could you imagine? And this is going to be just for the show here, so I apologize to the listeners and watchers who maybe have no idea what we're talking about. Dan Campbell loves Mr. Smothers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, one of his mentors. <laughs> It's going to be the honorary captain at the Lions' first game. Tossing tossing the coin. For those that don't know what we're referring to, I had to go to a city council meeting uh, the other day, and there was people protesting our business moving into a a formerly a church. It's been an empty lot or whatever for a long time, but uh, for a good bit of time. And it's uh, very big. And whenever – I didn't even know it was up for sale for a long time, but it's near my house, and I saw the for sale sign. And I was like, ah, it's going to be too much money because it is massive. Mm-hmm. And But I just did a little peek because I'll dance around every once in a while and see what it is. As soon as I found out what it was, wanted to buy it. So I did not know that what I was entering into, though, was an entire zoning variant because it was a church and everything like that. So there had to be letters written and a city council meeting I had to go to the other day and represent myself as a petitioner for a zoning variant. And then members of the neighborhood in which I live, were able to come out and say they didn't want me to move in there. And there was a guy, Mr. Smothers, who him and Dan Campbell are uh, top two for podium performances in 2021, <laughs> yeah. if I had to say. Yeah. He, he hated the thought of us coming in there, so much so that I had nothing but respect for that man. Yeah. Nothing but yeah. respect. He actually finished his entire um, diatribe about uh, in line of questionings about why he doesn't want my business to move in there. And then he walks away from the podium and he goes like seven pews back in the video. We got the video. We found it. And then he comes all the way back while the meeting is moving forward. And he goes, I'm opposed, by the way. <laughs> and then walks off. I assume Smothers is a legend of a human mm-hmm. made me laugh by the way i mm-hmm. laughed i laughed very i popped pretty good and then i had to swallow the laugh because i was projected onto a television or a, a big screen right behind where smothers was uh i assume him and dan campbell would be good, get along just fine two peas in a pod i love dan campbell so the best I. part about dan <laughs> campbell too is all he has to do is win one playoff game and he's a hero forever yeah well just one game imagine how many kneecaps are gonna get oh, though. Yeah. think about that you, you guys are absolutely gonna love it okay uh we probably have to get to a break we do because tom pelicero is on the other side we'll ask tom pelicero about the hiring process of motor city dan campbell <laughs> uh-huh. and we understand this is a national show and we apologize uh but some days you know are mostly for us and there's nothing better than this guy right now <laughs> no, no. there's uh, nothing better than this guy there ain't nothing to sp- because there's a there's a mentality about it. There's a physicality yeah, yeah. about it. It makes you better defensively as well when you do it against your own, you know yourselves in practice. But but ultimately, man, I, I want to find the best guy for for the job that well. fits what I want to do and fits what we're trying to do here and could put our guys in the best situation to have success. We have time for five more questions. Starting. With- <laughs> <laughs> Motor City Dan Campbell's press conference is still happening up there in Detroit, announcing him as the head coach. Joining us now is somebody who I can't wait to get some information from about Motor City Dan Campbell. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Pelissero. Tom, 
Um, this guy has been cutting a WWE promo basically for three and a half hours, like an hour almost at this point, and they still got three to four more questions left in this thing. Was he always going to be there? I know I've heard like they wanted Vrabel, they got Patricia, so they wanted that. It, we've listened to this. Have you listened to his press conference today? And is this is this what everybody expected as soon as he went to Detroit? This guy is wide ass open up there. I haven't watched the entire press conference yet, but I did catch the opening statement, which was very strong, I would say. Uh, Dan Campbell's been a guy who's been on my uh, rising head coaching candidates list for several years now. Uh, they loved him in Miami, where, of course, he took over for a pretty memorable stint as their interim head coach. Uh, in New Orleans, he played a big role, uh, not just in terms of being the, the tight ends coach, but he was assistant head coach. Uh, he had a heavy hand in the run game. He would address the team on a weekly basis. Everything that I heard about him was strong leadership traits. He came up in the Bill Parcells tree. The only issue with him was going to be he's not going to be the guy, the offensive, defensive guru, comes in and overhauls one side of the ball. He was going to be a program builder, a tone setter, a culture builder, and he was going to have to hire a strong coordinator. So he's currently in the process of doing that. He has started conducting interviews on the offensive side. He's expected to hire Aaron Glenn to be his defensive coordinator. Getting those other pieces in place are going to be big. But the original question, Pat, uh, yeah, he was one of the guys who was very much at the forefront of the Lions thinking from the beginning. You know, they like the idea, whether it has to do with Mike Vrabel and not hiring him a few years ago or not. Uh, they like the idea of a former player, somebody who played for the Lions. He understands that market. He understands they haven't won since 1957. Oh. He knows all the different challenges. He knows what it's like to live there, to be a part of it. And you heard him pulling some of the, the fabric, uh, you know, of, the, of, the, of what you are as a city there. I mean, you know, Detroit's been bankrupt. They've had to overcome a lot of different things. Uh, you know, he's talking about the city and the football team kind of mirroring each other. It's going to take on uh, the identity of what the city is. You know, all the stuff that he said to them was exactly what they wanted to hear through the process. So very quickly, and they did a ton of homework on him, you know, from all angles. Uh, but very quickly, they realized this was the guy that they saw as the leader of the football team. Tom, okay, the the thought that six-year deal, is that normal? For, like, uh, he's, he's locked in for a long time. We got a Lions fan in the building, uh, Evan Foxy here. And if we look at Lions Twitter, as soon as they heard him start speaking today, they're like, all right, we're going to run through a wall for this guy. <laughs> Six years, yeah. is that is that standard length? Because what, Casario just signed a five-year deal, I guess, mm -hmm. right, worth 30 million or did he sign a six-year deal as well it's a is that just what everybody's banking on like okay six years is the estimated time if you build it it fails you can start it over again or is it six-year deal like agents are forcing uh teams to sign gms to six-year deals five-year deals well really the first guy to get a six-year deal as a first-time head coach was kyle shanahan four years ago with the 49ers he actually shares an agent with Dan Campbell, who also negotiated this deal here with the Lions. But increasingly, you've seen you more and more uh, longer deals. Matt Rule got a seven-year deal a year ago. Uh, there are still some head coaches getting you know, four- or five-year deals. Uh, the general manager of the Lions just signed a five-year deal, Brad Holmes. Oh. Uh, but the longer deal has become uh, more a part of what uh, NFL teams are willing to do. You know, and, and the reason behind it is really simple, which is you know, the more time that you have, you're probably going to take the correct steps to build things the right way. If you're willing to make a strong commitment like that, you're not just worried about we got to win in 2021 or else. You're going to try to build a culture. That's what they want to do. That's what Matt Patricia tried to do too. And listen, they've been through however many head coaches in Detroit over the past 60 plus years for a reason. They've not yet gotten oh. that right. Uh, Dan Campbell is certainly 
you know, playing to the opposite theory of uh, head coaches that we usually see, which is when it doesn't work out with one guy, you hire somebody who's the, the polar opposite. Matt Patricia and Dan Campbell are both great guys in different ways, but certainly a different type of personality, uh, a different energy, I would say. Uh, it's fair to say at the podium here. I, I would uh, say, I'm not yeah, surprised I, I everybody's would... loving the guy off the bat. <laughs> now let's see who he hires, how Still things going. work out with roster decisions, Matthew Stafford and everything else they got to figure out in this offseason. MCDC. Still going. <laughs> this might never end this thing. This is awesome. Uh, let's move along in the stories from around the NFL. Deshaun Watson. Hey, so uh, you you listen to one group of humans and they say there's no way in hell a team is going to trade their franchise quarterback. And then you listen to another group of humans who seem to have the connections to people who'd be making said decisions saying, no, no, they're going to move on. He's going to be able to get out of there. You've seen what is going on there. He's sending cryptic tweets out and posts out now. Pretty awesome. By the way, I love yeah. what I love. He just stir the pocket and keep it going. Jet Green, allegedly a video came out. He's in a New York taxi. He's not, he was on a two. Now he's on a 10. And then, then you, is there any chance he's not a Houston Texan? Is it likely he's not a Houston Texan next year? Because that would be a tough move to make if you're the brand-new general manager trying to build a successful football team, having to get rid of a franchise quarterback as your first move. Well, first of all, I would say that uh, I am always baffled by how many people don't bother to Google cryptic tweets and realize that they're future lyrics. It's like things that white people misinterpret. Just well, that was and one right. So both, both of the cryptic tweets so far have been future lyrics obviously we know he's not happy okay let's start with what we know we know deshaun watson is not happy with the way that the process played out for hiring the general manager we know that he was not happy that they did not move quickly to interview eric Bieniemy, even though they now have rebooted their head coaching search since hiring nick casario here we go oh, no oh, 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 oh. what was that so Who was is that motor city dan with- campbell <laughs> i think he's i think he's busy right now nah, i just wrapped uh, it up he just wrapped it up <laughs> They have now, you know, rebooted the coaching search with, and they did talk to Eric Bieniemy. Uh, th- there's a lot of questions just about the organization and where things are at uh, with Deshaun Watson. But you know, there's been speculation, for instance, that they've been discussing internally trade partners and where they could deal with Deshaun Watson. Nick Casario, I can tell you, has not even had a personnel meeting since he got to Houston. His focus has been on the head coaching search. So, you know, to the extent that it's already far down the line, that- that's not the case. They have not yet met with Deshaun Watson, which is certainly something you would expect. Is going to be part of the process here as well. Uh, and they're still going through that coaching search. They're still, you know, looking at several different candidates for that job. That, that's going to be a big, a big piece of this. I think there's really something to the idea that when you don't have a head coach in place, we tend to analyze a lot of things that we otherwise would not be talking about. Nobody would be talking about the vice president of football operations if they had a head coach in place. The moment you hire the head coach, that's going to change the narrative. Now, okay, is Deshaun Watson on the same page with the head coach? What are we going to be doing? You not believe it? What? Jack Easterby is quite a topic of conversation because there was, what, a a 75-scrolling expose about him in Sports Illustrated. I I mean, I understand that. The, the right, you know, maybe like a way to just act like that's not happening is like, well, if we had a coach, this wouldn't be happening. It's like, I think Deshaun's problems with the owner and Easterby, and it feels like Deshaun's not the only one because there's a bunch of other people that have, uh, you know, who normally don't speak out, have come down from the top rope on that particular situation as well. And you're like, well, those are those are future lyrics. Well, okay, so why were those lyrics chosen then? Uh, why do you think he was on a two, then he took it to a ten? You think he was just feeling that in that particular moment? He's just like, you know what, now we're doing this. You don't think that there isn't real 
You don't think that any of this is real at all, that he doesn't want to be there? You think just a meeting with Casario is going to be enough? No, I'm not saying that it's not real. Again, we know that he's frustrated with a bunch of different things that are going on here. But, again, before you're making these big organizational decisions, you're probably going to want to put a head coach in place. You're probably going to want to figure out what is the infrastructure, what is the plan from Deshaun Watson's perspective. He signed a long-term deal uh, with the Texans last, last summer. I think it was in September. Uh, we've also seen that there are star players uh, throughout the league who have realized that there is power in the things that they say. There's power in the things that they tweet. You know, that's I think, lends a, an air of believability to the entire thing because we've seen guys like Stefan Diggs, you know, try to tweet themselves, you know, their way out of town or Jalen Ramsey, among others. Uh, you know, so these things have happened. I mean, there's absolutely something here. I would just say, you know, pump the brakes a little bit in terms of this is already a foregone conclusion. Now, well, are people being told that within the league that he's not going to play again? I talked to a general manager this morning who said that's something that he heard uh, from somebody in the league. From whoa, agent that whoa, told him whoa, he's never going to play a, a down there again. But that's not been communicated from Deshaun Watson or his people to the Texans. The Texans have not sat down face-to-face with Deshaun Watson. The Texans still don't have a head coach. Let's Let's get through those few steps and then analyze where we're at. Do you think now uh, – Thank you for that great answer, by the way. You you speak to more GMs than we do, so I'm just going to assume that your information is is much better than ours would ever be. So I appreciate well, that. Well, even the G- other GMs, it's it's a game of telephone for them too. It's hey, I I heard this. Like there's uh, a lot yeah. of things you hear. Yeah. Not all of it is necessarily true, but certainly, I mean, put it this way: Has anybody the had? They're going to get calls. They're going to get calls. Yeah. Has anybody called the Texans thinking about it? You think in your eyes? Has anybody called the Texans, being like, "Hey, are you thinking about moving them?" I cannot say with certainty that they have called yet. There's not a lot of trades that happen in mid-January, though we saw Alex Smith years ago get traded uh, during Super Bowl week from Kansas City to the Washington football team. It's not outlandish. I mean, anytime that you have a, a franchise-changing type of a talent into Sean Watson, yeah, you're going to want to explore it as you head into an offseason that is going to have a lot of quarterback movement. Phillip Rivers is already retired. We expect that Drew Brees is going to retire. There's going to be other quarterbacks. Oh, what does Chicago do in terms of their quarterback situation? you got the draft with Trevor Lawrence and Dan Justin Campbell. Fields and Zach Wilson. I mean, there's all kinds of moving parts. You know, Deshaun Watson, if he were traded, the price is going to be absolutely sky high. Uh, you're going to want to find out what that price is. But, again, Casario has not even met with his personnel staff yet to begin having these discussions. Uh, we've got several steps in this process that still need to take place. Yeah, definitely a fire Casario just walked into for sure. And I don't know if he knew it was happening or not. Get a GM job, it's a big job. But now the head coaching search you're talking about, Philadelphia Eagles also have a head coaching search going on. Feels like those two jobs might be tough to fill. There's reports. Uh-oh. Oh, who, oh, was oh. who was oh, it? Who was it? Come on. on. Nope. Dan Campbell? Who was it? Was it somebody awesome? Was it Deshaun Watson? It's a no-caller ID again. It's the usual. Oh, it's rap, mm, rap sheet. Yeah. It's rap sheet and friends. Son of a bitch. Is that because there's a report that Lincoln Riley said nah to the Philadelphia Eagles job. Not that Lincoln Riley hasn't said nah to other jobs in the past, but the Philadelphia Eagles, Houston Texans organization, uh, Houston Texans organizations, is that a place where a coach wants to, like, yeah, this is where I want to go. You know what I mean? Like this one uh, is on fire. A guy who has a statue outside basically just quit the other day, and he's actually just going to stay on the beach for a week because of how bad he hated things are going. Yeah. In this particular one, our franchise quarterback hates the owner and Jack Easter, allegedly, allegedly. Is, it, is that going to potentially be tough for them to find a head coaching candidate, or do you think guys just want to become head coaches, they're going to go? There's only 32 of these, I mean, in the NFL. So I think it's different when you talk about college coaches, and there's, I mean, a half dozen at least – 
college coaches who get a call about every job. I mean, why would you not feel out whether it's uh, Lincoln Riley or a Matt Campbell or a Pat Fitzgerald, David Shaw for a number of years now? Like You, you make those calls and you just find out, is, is there any appetite to go to the NFL? But those are also deals that generally, if they're going to happen, they kind of get done in the dark of night. I know the last year we saw Matt Rule take the job and he was answering questions about it uh, during the bowl week for Baylor. That's what you don't want to happen. It impacts recruiting. It impacts all sorts of things. So, uh, you know, I, again, I'm not surprised that people would make those calls, but that's not necessarily the metric of how good of a job uh, you're talking about uh, in the NFL. There's no question, you know, specifically to the Eagles, that they've got some challenges in terms of the money they've got committed to some older players, uh, their salary cap situation. What happens at quarterback uh, with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, and how does that play out? How f- much freedom do I have to set my coaching staff to make quarterback decisions? All these are questions that you're going to have. You know, it's, it's a mutual interview. Uh, they've talked to, I think, like 10 or 11 head coaching candidates now. They've gotten through that first round of interviews, so I would expect we're going to see this uh, ramp up in the coming days. Uh, who do you expect to potentially get that gig? Josh McDaniels? I would certainly think Josh McDaniels is a possibility. Uh, you know, this is he's a guy who, of course, took the uh, Indianapolis Colts job nah. very briefly several years ago. Uh, did not end up following through on that, but he's been on everybody's <laughs> radar for a long time. He has interviews every year. Uh, you know, certainly for Josh's sake, you know, he's he's exercised patience. He knows that his second opportunity after the one he had in Denver is going to be really important because if it doesn't go well, there may not be a third. Uh, so he's had, had other opportunities that he's he's backed away from through the years but you know certainly it sounds as if that interview went well certainly sounds as if uh nick sirianni's interview went well the colts offensive coordinator a couple of days ago again they've talked to close to a dozen people about the head coaching job uh what they've now got to do and they've got a big search committee that's down at uh in west palm beach at jeffrey lurie's house i think they've got 10 to 12 people there on the personnel side cap side the owner uh among others who are all involved in this process and they've got to work through that list and, and begin narrowing down Connor. Yeah, Tom, uh, are the Lions getting uh, offers to trade Matt Stafford? Or do you think he'll be in Detroit next year with MCDC? Well, it's, it's a great question because you know, that's another team that just got a head coach and a general manager in place a couple of days ago. And so those calls would probably be uh, you know, coming in in the, in the months to come as opposed to already. You know, the, the Lions have to make a decision on Stafford. Stafford also has to make a decision on the Lions. This would be, I think, his fourth head coach, if I remember correctly, from – uh, Jim Schwartz to Jim Caldwell to Matt Patricia and now to Dan Campbell. Uh, and how many different offensive coordinators has he been through in that span, too? Does he really want to start over? Uh, he's given a lot to the city. There's a very close tie to the city. To Stafford's credit, you know, you had a team last year with an interim coach and COVID issues, and Stafford had, I can't even remember the list of injuries he had, but he had like three different things, you know, torn rib cartilage and a hand injury of some kind, I mean, all this different stuff he was dealing with. He kept going out there. A guy who's made a ton of money in the league and he continues to put himself on the field. I mean, that that shows he cares. He's always felt a responsibility to the Lions organization. But those are conversations Stafford's going to have to have uh, in the offseason as well as the team. I I do not believe that the Lions are eagerly looking at this and saying, we want to trade away Matthew Stafford and just get picks. Uh, You know, they view their team as a team that can come together with the right culture. That's why Dan Campbell is there. That's why Brad Holmes is there, uh, but they're very early in terms of the evaluation of the roster at this point. Tom, I know Antonio Brown got uh, dinged up last week and that I think he missed practice, had an MRI or or whatever, but uh, have you heard anything about his status for Sunday? 
He's day-to-day at this point, not on the practice field today. Um, you know, at this point in the season, you're not really doing full practices. You know, they're kind of glorified walkthroughs. And so I'm not, you know, ready to sit here and say that Antonio Brown is definitely not playing uh, on Sunday at this point. He, he's been really good. I mean, the past month, if you look at the four-game stretch, he's had five touchdowns prior to last week when he banged up the knee. Uh, what I can tell you is what Ian Rappaport reported the other day, which is that uh, it's not considered to be a serious injury. The team says he's day-to-day. Uh, whether or not he's able to get on the field tomorrow is going to be important. But, I mean, shoot, last week for the Bucks, Jason Pierre-Paul didn't practice all week and still played on Sunday. Again, you're not missing a ton in practice at this time of year. So if it's a matter of just, you know, rest is more important than reps for a guy who's played as much football as Antonio Brown. I, I wouldn't rule out even if he doesn't practice the entire week his chance of playing on Sunday. Speaking of not missing any reps, Patrick Mahomes didn't miss any reps in practice. He's still in the protocol. Was he hitting the head? Was it a neck nerve? What is going on? What are your insights there? It's, oh, again, who is it? What are we well, doing? That, that's, that's actual news. But I'm going to have to call back on that one. What? Um, is it about Patrick Mahomes? What was it? Did it was it not, the it's neck? Not about Patrick Mahomes. Was it that it's neck? A co- it's a coaching hire. It's a coaching oh! hire. Oh! It happened. It's not, it's not a head coaching hire. So? The coordinator hire. Dan Campbell's Hugh coordinator. Jackson. Where is it? Uh, Detroit or is it Pittsburgh? Where is it? I can't tell you that. Come on, yeah, you can. Somebody's gonna make a call before I'm off the show. It better not be you. Call, call him back in five minutes. Sorry. <laughs> is Hugh Jackson the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator, bringing his tequila down there to uh, to Yinzer uh, Steeler Nation? Matt Matt Canada is expected to be the Steelers offensive coordinator. Okay. Um, All right. Well, let's not yeah, change yeah, the subject. Yeah, not, they're, going, they're going through a process. Okay. Let's get back to Patrick Mahomes and his neck before you break news. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, everybody, follow uh, at Tom Pelissaro NFL. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. just add something. At Tom Pelissero. It's not your fault. It's colleagues of yours that have stupid handles. Yep. Yours is not, my, you know what I mean? So that is, that, I apologize. Pelissero, that's S-S-E-R-O. S-S-E-R-O. Google it. You come close enough. Find me. He's going to break the news on a coordinator position immediately after he gets off of this show right here. Unless somebody else, because oh, in the no. insider game, oh, no. Oh, no. it is all kind of... It could be announced any second. Ask your question. Well, that's what I'm saying is I appreciate your time <laughs> today, Tom. Right I appreciate now, Tom. your time, Tom. You're an incredibly nice guy. Nice. Kind of hanging out with us when news could be breaking at the time. Tom, Patrick Mahomes, did he get... Did he get hit in the in that nerve that the uh, the Navy SEALs teach you to hit it, and it kind of clouds your body? Was it? What is the concussion protocol? He didn't miss any reps, but that also we know, just like you know, it's mostly walk through, probably only thirty minutes, which he's allowed to do. I think in step two or maybe even step three of the protocol. How you're, you guys are all expecting him to play, right? This is going to be a very. And what happened to him? Was it the the nerve thing or was it the head thing? My understanding is that. Patrick Mahomes has been told that they don't think he actually suffered a concussion, that because of the awkward way that he was tackled, and I got in trouble for referring to it as an awkward sleeper hold the other day. It was not a sleeper hold, okay, but he got hit in in an awkward way as he went to the ground, and what they think happened is that he had some kind of a reaction in his central nervous system that caused his legs to go limp. Well, we all saw it, okay? We all saw him getting up, and if Mahomes had come back into that game, I, I would just say this. If Mahomes had come back into that game after being pulled up, his legs going out, and he's lifted, all you'll be talking about this week is mm-hmm. all the people who are brain injury advocates and people who are talking about concussions that the NFL is being irresponsible for putting him back into the game. The NFL, if that showed anything, it was that they have trained people, they're independent neurologists, the team doctors, that you're going to err on the side of caution here when you're talking about 
people's brains. So even though Mahomes basically passed all the tests, according to Andy Reid, he passed all of them, that they gave him for concussions, they still held him out of the game because his, you know, his legs were out, because he was wobbly getting up. Uh, he's mm-hmm. continued to progress through the protocol. The fact that he was on the field yesterday, at least taking snaps, indicates that he's already three or four steps into the five-step process for return to play. The last one is you have to be cleared by an independent neurologist. Good sign, as you mentioned, that he took all the snaps in their walkthrough yesterday, but he's still got to go through that process and see whether or not he can actually get cleared by Sunday. So what you're saying is it was that the chop to the nerve. Yeah. It was that nerve thing right there. It was a weird it was a weird play. I mean, I've watched all five angles of it ten times, and you can't he never fully hits his head. I know Andy Reid initially said he got hit in the back of the head. He's kinda around his neck. I, it was strange, but I mean, we've seen we've seen concussions occur a lot of different ways. One of the things that they do that's good is they've got replay on the sideline for uh, injuries. So if you get hurt in the game, they actually can immediately re-rack the video on the sideline, go back and see whether it was a knee injury, an ankle, or whatever, or if it was a, a potential concussion. They can see the mechanism of the injury that gives them a better chance to be able to uh, diagnose it. Again, from, from just a sheer optics perspective, Patrick Mahomes not returning to that game, in my opinion, was the only option. Just yeah, because you, you can't have that look that you're putting competitive aspects ahead of people's health and safety. The NFL's made great strides in that area. Mahomes missed that game. And if all goes well and cleared by someone not affiliated with the team, an unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, he'll be out there on Sunday against the Bills. Well, and Chad, Chad fucking Henny's a needle mover, too. Yeah, right? sure. I mean, so not only was it uh, smartest, safest, everything like that, when you got Chad Henny out there like a buzzsaw, mm-hmm. I mean, you are off and running. I appreciate you, Tom, so much. Go break some news, will you? Sounds good. On it. Goodbye. Hey, I appreciate you, Tom. Hey. Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? You're, before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. All right. That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, Mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and... Go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all. Ooh. And then you just have time of your life. Yeah. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Jesus. That's GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. No mm-hmm. spaces. Uh, and you can get your first month of swipes for just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. All right. Shout out to Roman. Shout out to you. Shout out to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Joining us now is a man who's been named All-Pro the last two years, an absolute freak athlete, and a stud for the New Orleans Saints defense. Ladies and gentlemen, Demario Davis. What's going on, man? What's going on, people? What's going on? Hey, I want to let you know there was a real discussion before you got on. Demario Demario. Demario 
DeMario. Yeah, Mario with D at the front. That's all. Woo. Fucking right. Hey. Hey, pretty fun <laughs> talk about what we figured out there, Demario. Um, normally, obviously, we're getting a chance to chat with a player of your caliber. Uh, we would talk about the season that was and everything like that. But after getting introduced to Motor City, Dan Campbell this morning in the head coaching press conference that he had, and knowing that he was with the Saints all last year, I have to ask: Is he like that all the time? Hey, did you get a chance to experience Motor City, Dan Campbell? <laughs> and what do the Detroit Lions have coming to the city? Oh, man, they got a great one. They got a great one. Um, you know, many times uh, if Sean had something come up, you know, Dan would have to run the meetings for us. And, man, he would always find a way to get us motivated, get us fired up. Um, a guy that's played the game, that, you know, knows how to speak players' language. And, I mean, he's always on fire, always ready to go. And, I mean, they're getting a great one. Real, really, they are. What's he like? Um, I guess I know he obviously didn't coach you personally. He was the assistant head coach. Could you tell that he was he was being groomed to to get another shot to become a head coach? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was the assistant head coach, and so when the head coach is you know uh, not there, he had to step in and, and run the ship, you know, and uh, you know keep the meeting going, you know, give everybody the schedule and and, and what's up for the, for the day, and so. Um, I don't know what all goes on, you know, behind the coaches on the coaches side. But uh, whenever I saw him out there in front, he was always poised. He was always locked in. Um, and I know him from a position coach, you know, because linebackers have to go one on ones with the tight ends. He's always like he always like he about to play. <laughs> and, uh, that's what it was this morning. Yeah, that, that's yeah. What, that's what it felt like this morning. I think Detroit is incredibly pumped about it. Let's talk about the Saints a little bit here. Um, obviously, you guys don't win it all, so 31 teams will have a failed season or whatever. You guys go on another playoff run. Uh, after that game, the story is not just that you guys had an incredible run and the defense was one of the main talking points this year. It's like, yeah, Drew Brees and the offense always have records and always talked about, but the Saints' defense this year was dominant. And then after the loss to Tampa Bay, you've got a kind of a chance to maybe reflect a little bit on the year that was. What are your thoughts on the year that you guys had? Where do we need to take the next step to for the Saints to kind of kind of make that next step and ultimately get to uh, the top of Mountain Lombardi? Yeah, man. Uh... It was first of all, it was it was an incredible season. You know, it's it's extremely hard to 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 win a Super Bowl to even get to the Super Bowl. It's extremely hard. So you have to commend all the teams that are still in in the, in the hunt. Um, I think for the past three years, uh, we've been you know one of the most talented teams in in the National Football League, and and, and we haven't you know made it to that that final game. Um, let, let alone uh, been able to hoist the trophy. And so that just tells you how hard it is to win in this league. Um, but definitely there's not a group that I would have rather been a part of than, than the group that, that I've had the opportunity to play the last few years and especially this year. Um, all the things that we had to go through from, you know, COVID to, you know, off the field, things going on in the social justice space. And just it's just been so much, so many different dynamics and the different injuries we had to deal with this year. Um, to, a, to a lot of top guys and um, playing in a game where there was no quarterback. It was just a lot of different dynamics that went on this year. Um, and when I really say that we have a family and we have a brotherhood um, that, that's unique, you know, um, this one is one that, you know, most time you if you win a championship, you will never forget that team and all the other teams, they just kind of get lost in the mud together. But I think this year, uh, specifically in 2020, um, is, is, is one that we'll never forget just because of how unique it was. And so 
Um, definitely disappointed that we didn't get to make it to what we wanted to be, but um, at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. So the team is going to look very different next year, allegedly, obviously, allegedly. Everybody's talking about it. I guess this was talked about last year as well, and then another deal was done. But allegedly, Drew Brees made his final run with the Saints this past season, and it came out that Michael Thomas battled through a bunch of injuries because he knew this was potentially Drew's last hurrah. Was that something that was talked about? Because you look back at, like, the Baltimore Ravens when it was Ray Lewis's last year. It was one of those things where everybody knew it. They were trying to play, you know, for Ray. It was basically, I mentioned Jerome Bettis whenever he was with the Steelers, that whole thing happened. Did, was it? And it's happened in other cases where the teams haven't won the Super Bowl, by the way. Those are just the ones that kind of get out. It's alleged Michael Thomas was playing for Drew. Was there a feeling in the building like, okay, this might be the last one with Drew here, or was, was that ever a thought? Well, I definitely think at the end of the day, only the one person knows what Drew is going to do, and that's Drew. Okay, it has it, always been that case. Um, and so, if you don't hear it come out, if you don't hear it come out of Drew's mouth, then you know it ain't. You you never know what's what's next. Um, but I, I do think um, there was just a feeling in the building of our team knowing. Um, that, you know, you only get so many opportunities for the window ultimate closes. And, and we have a team um, that was built to win now. Um, and, um, you know, so I think everybody just kind of generally felt that it, it, it wouldn't have anything to do with, you know, one person. I just think it had to do with understanding that you only get you, you get limited opportunities in the, in the game and, and you got to make the most of them when you get them. Were you guys aware uh, of the fact that Jay Glazer went on before your game and said that this is Drew Brees' last game, most likely as a Saint, <laughs> if you guys lose? It was he just dropped that in the conversation. By the way, he was like, "Oh, by the way, uh, Drew's last game. He's retired after this. If they lose, it was. Did you guys know that it happened on TV at all? Because that's how it all hit the internet. That's how everything. It just got dropped, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, Drew's retiring." Did you guys have any word of that? No, no, we, we haven't heard heard uh, any of that. Well, I didn't. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know about that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you you hear a lot of breaking news things that that, that may or may not, yeah, be uh, be real. And so, until you see, like I said, until you see the man come on on the screen and say, like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm retiring. You know, you won't be able to believe anything. Hey, why was the defense so good this year? You guys were studs this year. Your defense was awesome. And for a large part of the conversation, actually, or for the season, the conversation I was having in the NFC side uh, is, like, the only team it feels like on the NFC side that has a defense that could go win a Super Bowl is the Saints. It was like the Saints defense, you guys this year, and probably in years past as well, but in this year it was shown showcased much more. I think what the what was it this year that really made you guys as dominant? Is there going to be you guys get Quan Alexander? He gets hurt. He'll be back again next year, I guess. So what what is the the thought of the defensive side of the ball? And is there anything that made you guys take that big leap, or have you always been that way in the world, just realizing it? No, I think it's been a it's been a progression. I've seen the progression uh, in, in, in since I've been there. I think number one, um, we have a really talented group. You know, you just you're just not going to perform great. Um, consistently if you don't have really talented players. And I think second, we have a, a, a really, really good coaching staff. Um, Dennis, Dennis Allen is one of the best I've ever been around. His ability to uh, come up with strategies and tactics week in, week out, and uh, to really lean on his coaches um, and trust them and the things that they put up um, has been phenomenal. Um, the things that the, – the level that uh, AG was able to get the defensive backs – um, to play at, and especially from um, um, a safety standpoint, you know, to be able to 
to shape shift the top all these those uh, you know deep routes that you get to be able to be one of the top teams in uh, preventing explosive plays was, was phenomenal and um, the things that uh, Ryan Nielsen was able to do on the defensive line um, was just phenomenal. So uh, you know as a linebacker and, and you able to see the different complexities because a lot of it falls on our plate. Like, you know, it's easy for the safeties to, to change something, but then it affects us in coverage that we ain't used to, or it's easy for the D-line to move over a gap, but then we the ones that have to adjust from the run standpoint to see it different. Um, to see how those, how well they coach those groups um, uh, was just an amazing thing to see. And I think teams just couldn't get a beat on what we were doing defensively because, you know, we, we, we play in quarters, but we play in it, you know, eight, nine different ways and the same with three. And when you got a talented group, you know, I think our defensive line is um, interior and, and um, exterior is just the best in the league. And when you got, mm-hmm. you know, you get a chance to play with a guy that talented on the back end, we were able to bring in somebody like Malcolm Jenkins that gave us a lot of flexibility. You got Marshawn Lattimore. I'm telling you, when, he, when he's playing and he's locked in, he's the best in the game. And Marcus Williams is the best free safety in football. I don't care what nobody says. Hey, let's go. Let's go. I love I, that's that. I feel like that's what you're referring to, though, about this group being tight. It's like it feels like you guys have formed like that brotherhood family type thing, uh, which will be interesting to see how the team goes forward. If it has new quarterback, everything like that. You guys are so much fun to watch every single week. Um, you have his- you got to You got to talk about CD Deuce. Oh. That's a, oh, oh, hey, is that CJ GJ? Is that CJ GJ? Yeah, yeah, that's CJ. What does he do? Okay, so what? what is he? Is he just the best shit talker of all time? How does he? All is time. It, all well, time. All time. I mean, it's been some, you know, I mean, but you got to put him in that category with like a Dennis Rodman. Like, he can rouse some people up. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. But I mean, the words that he says to these guys, like, as a man, that's why they fight him. You have to do something. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to get up under people's skin. Because, I mean, if you go home with some of the words that he says to these guys, like, you're going to have a tough time sleeping at night. Like, I probably should have hit him. You, know, you have to be able to live with yourself as a man, listen to somebody talk to you like that, and then you just walk on and play the next play. Ain't happening. Did he do that? So that happened in practice, too, allegedly, right? Him and Michael Thomas got in. Is he like that all day, every day? Or is it like game day? How you doing? We're going to go ahead and stir this shit up a little bit. Game day is a different level. Game day is a different level. Mike, Mike and him were just competitive, and it, and it, and it took off. Which happens. No, game probably. day is a different level. Game day is definitely different. All right. Well, I mean, now I'm thinking back to the Bears guy that punched him yeah. and another Bears guy that punched Kidney him. Shot. And there was, an, I mean, there is a lot of people. And that's hilarious the way you're phrasing that. Like, you almost, you almost have – Utter confusion for the guys that don't punch him at this point. Is that a, is that? Yeah, what man, it's an art. It's an art. He does it well. He does it well. But I walk. At first, I didn't know what he was saying, and then I walked past one of the conversations as they were happening, and I'm like, "Oh, now I get it." <laughs> uh, that's incredible. We appreciate you for your time here. A couple more questions, if you don't mind. Uh, you have history with Tom Brady, AFC East, and now the NFC South. Whenever you play against a guy like Tom, what is it like? Why has he had so much success, you think? Obviously, the team around him, but him as a quarterback, what do you think it is about Tom that just, you know, puts him basically on a different planet? There's other people on there, but he's on just a different planet of success in the NFL. Um, man, he just, it just <laughs> the GOAT. At the end of the day, it's just the GOAT doing what the GOAT does. You know, it's, I mean... <laughs> 
Tom is Tom is hit, he, he's he, he's hit a level that you know very few people in sports hit. You know, he's in that 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 Tiger Woods Ram, that that Serena uh, Williams. You know, the Michael Jordans. You know, LeBron's now. You know, Kobe. R.I.P. He, he's 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 a, he's he's hit a Ram that that very few athletes in any sports uh, in any sport uh, hits. You know. The Federers of the world. He he's just hey, good range there. Yeah. Hey, wow. that was good range right there. Yeah, I, I saw you trying to think who else was breathing that air that he's in right there. Yeah, I don't think anybody true. expected you to hit a fucking tennis. By the way, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody expected you to do that. That was great range, man. That was awesome. But what is it about him? Is it just his? Do Do you feel like is there anything on the field that he does differently than anybody else, or is it just a consistency thing, or what do you think it is? It's his, it's, it's his his ability to be mentally locked in to the game. Um, it, it, it's it's his process. You can tell he has just a phenomenal process. The way he takes care of himself off the field, um, but he just locks into a space mentally um, that's that's just rare air, um, and you can see it. You can see it. Um, he's locked in. He's dialed in. You very rarely see him um, off the spot, you know. And so I, I even think back to the first two games. That we played him, and and you know he's coming over, learning a new offense, a new system, new division, just you know everything about his previous process that he had for twenty some years uh, has been you know interrupted, and to see like you know when we played the first two times, I'm like mm, this isn't this isn't typical Brady, um, but then for him to be able to channel that and get it to mode to be able to lead his team to victory when we played him the third time, and and and. and uh, frankly, from a defensive standpoint, I feel like, you know, our third time playing him was probably the best time we played him. Field position. Um, and so it, it just – but he found a way to win. He, and he found a way to swing the momentum in their favor and, and win the game. And so um, you just got to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, it's going to be an interesting battle to see him and uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, who's, a, who, who's another goat in the game. And so – to see them do battle when Aaron Rodgers is at his hot is at his hottest that he's ever been or it has been in a long time. It's gonna be um, that's gonna be a good game. Hey, cold as hell in Lambeau. Does that affect anything? What does that affect for you coming from hot ass Louisiana and then you just get dropped into Lambeau? For instance, they're coming out of Tampa, dropped into Lambeau. Supposed to be in the twenties. I think there's supposed to be some rain or snow or something mm. like that. You know, Aaron's gonna be wearing that long john that he wears or whatever. You know, it feels. It, what is it that makes it so hard to go from hot to cold? Is there a hard? Is there a challenge or is it all mental? You think? Yeah, it's all mental. I think I think I think the best ones understand that the elements aren't a factor. You know, it, it, it can't be. It can't afford to be a factor. You know, it's just something that's different. Whether you're playing a hot game, you're playing a cold game. Um, at the end of the day, you got to focus on your job and you got to know how to get yourself to a to a place mentally to know how to do that at a high level. And um, I think statistically, it may say something different, but I, I think as an individual, you can't you can't if you're thinking about the elements, you you already lost the battle. <laughs> Hey, what about Sean Payton? I, I watched a clip where I saw Reggie Bush. They were they were showing some of uh, your guys' post-game celebrations which looked like a great time that you guys had to take down, I think, because of COVID early in the year or whatever happened. <laughs> you got a $500,000 fine or whatever. But Reggie said, like, I don't, that's not the Sean Payton I played for. Like, we didn't have fun like that. Like, have you, I know you haven't been there uh, back when Reggie was, but what's Sean Payton like now? And have you heard stories of what he was like before? Well, I, 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 I really don't know, but Sean is intense. 
I mean, Sean, Sean loves, he loves to win. Um, and he's passionate about winning. He knows what it takes to win. And that's the reason why, you know, uh, though we haven't made it to the championship, I think Saints probably got the most wins uh, out of any team in the league over the last three years, three or four years or so. And I yeah. think it's a big part of that is Sean. He just knows how to win. But at the same time, Sean knows how to have a good time. To, <laughs> when the job is done, he, he not like that during the week. He ain't doing all that. He locked in on the mission. But once it's very hard to win in this league. And that's the thing he always um, expresses to us, how hard it is to win. And that's why he wants us to enjoy the games when we do win. And so having the strobe lights and the smoke and the dancing, we call it Club the Saint. Uh, you know, the reason oui, oui. he does that and, 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 and the older guys who've been on other teams and, and haven't had a lot of success, they understand that it's very hard to win this league. I mean, look, you know, we have the most talented team, in my opinion, and we, we're at home. And so and it's not that because we didn't put the work in or anything. It's just hard to win in this league. Yeah, and so when you do get a win, that's why we, you know, we're going to continue to enjoy and, and, and celebrate and kick back. And it was it was funny to see Sean do the gritty. Yeah. Uh, that shocked me. I didn't know he, could do it. I he, he definitely had been practicing on that. For sure, just like Kirk Cousins was at the house. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to get that working. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Demario, uh, Jameis Winston was able to come in just and throw Stop, stop, stop. Oh, we had a full fucking conversation. Come on. We had a full conversation. Hey, yeah. Demario. Demario. Sorry. Sorry. I'm bad with names and listening. Like, okay. Like we just had a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, we had a full conversation during the break about it, and he just refused to listen to being wrong. <laughs> Missed that as well. Demario, excuse me. <laughs> Javis Winston was able to come in and throw a touchdown against his former team on the play that you guys stole from the Bears. Was that something the team was a buzz about all week to hopefully, you know, get Jameis in there to make an impact on the game? I don't know if it was a buzz about it all week, um, but definitely everybody was excited when he got in and, and, and was able to do that. I mean, when you talk about a family environment, you know, and, and it's, it's something that's so unique. All of us like to see the other ones succeed. And, you know, in, in, a, in an alpha male environment, a competitive space, that's not always the case. Um, but to see, you know, him get in and, and make a play on, on, on his former team in the playoffs, knowing how big that was, and it was a big play in the game. Um, and we saw the flag go up, and so we thought maybe it was a holding or a legal formation, but it was on them, and when it was a touchdown, man, uh, we were all ecstatic. I think, you know, just that excitement of seeing something that means so much to him um, coming to fruition, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, so whenever you guys – when Chicago did that play against you guys, I watched it on Nickelodeon. Um, <laughs> Cameron Jordan, by the way, refused to get slimed by a uh, child <laughs> after the game, by the way. He was wearing a Hannibal Lecter uh, COVID-19 mask, and uh, our guy Lex Lumpkin was like, hey, <laughs> I, I want to slime you. And he came and was like, yeah, okay, have a good one or whatever. You know, good move, by the way. I would have done the same thing. But when Chicago runs that play and they throw it and they drop it in the end zone, was and then you guys chose to use it the next week. Is it because when you guys watch it, it was like, how are we supposed to cover this? Or did you guys feel like it was a well-designed play, you think? That's why it got put in there? It's copycat league. Everybody knows that. But as soon as that play happens, everybody go like, oh, we should probably put this one. How do you think the vibe of that getting into the play call happened? That's Sean. That, that's a good – that would be a Sean question. He's, he's phenomenal at doing that. He, he watches so much film. I've seen him do that a lot of times. The team will run a player, have success with us, and the next game is in. Um, we couldn't stop it. <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he I mean, he, he knows how to manipulate defenses. And at least when the Chicago, you know, 
uh, ran on us. We had a guy in the vicinity. Yeah. You know, they didn't even have anybody in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, how did you get that open? And so, I mean, he just does that. And I mean, I've seen it happen on us. You know, really not much, but I've seen like we played the 49ers one time, we played the Rams, where they pulled one of our plays out on us. And when they do it, like, you know, that's, that's kind of humiliating. When, <laughs> like, you like, hold up. I've seen that play before. And so I know that was that was demoralizing to them um, to, to have that play, you know, hit like that. But, you know, they found a way. Hey, uh, Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee this year. Thanks for all your incredible work off the field, incredible representation of the NFL. And your interview you just gave us was awesome. Thank you so much, Demario. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. You guys be blessed. Have a good one. Hey, it's a big ad. Are you in a bathroom right now? Is that your closet? <laughs> no, it's just like a little, little uh, outdoor my kids' playroom. Oh, Ooh. hey. You deserve it, by the way. <laughs> you deserve it. I, see a I appreciate bit. you guys, man. Hey, no problem. Demario Davis. Thank yeah! you. Hell yeah. Joining us now is a man who's a host of the Man to Man podcast, played nine years in the NFL, both that corner and at safety, originally drafted the New England Patriots, uh, was teammates with Tom Brady, played for the Panthers for a little bit, and then he became teammates with Andrew Luck. He's one of the smartest humans I've ever watched on a football field ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah! Hell yeah. All right, what up, fellas? Hey, UConn stinks, dude. <laughs> relax, relax. We took the year off, all right? You guys did. You guys just chose not to play football this year, right? You know what UConn did? Yeah, man, we made the right choice. We're not just money hungry, all right? It was best for the kids. It's very nice of you guys not to be money hungry or success hungry at all up there at UConn. Yeah. We were actually losing money. We'll be all right, though. We'll be all right. It's a good move. We'll be all right. Got bigger, faster, stronger this offseason. Hey, let's go. Hey, when you were on that team, there was a couple good guys on there. Obviously, you were. Orslovsky was there for a yeah, little bit. Horse. Orlovsky yep. was slinging the rock around a little bit. And I, I like the fact that you're representing for the UConn Huskies. Uh, it's very nice. Because normally you come in with a different team you're a fan of, and it's normally news to us. Whenever <laughs> you have the hat on, we're like, wait, we didn't know you were. UConn, we know you have a, a loyalty to, so we mm-hmm. appreciate that. Out of you. Appreciate you, that. Yeah, no problem. Um, we're reading some stats about Tom Brady here. Playoffs post 37 years of age versus other people for their entire careers. <laughs> it is unbelievable what this dude has accomplished. And I know there's people that hate Tom Brady for whatever reason, just like there's people that hate LeBron James, but I think they missed a hell of a career and they're missing a hell of a career right now. This dude's unbelievable. And we never get to see these stats, D, but until like maybe Hall of Fame comes out and then they start stacking all this, I feel like yeah. it gets lost in the goat talk. Tom Brady has been so good for so long. Man, I, I saw I saw the same stat uh, last night. I want to say, and it was I was like, wow. So post thirty seven to all these greats full career. I mean, that's why the goat conversation, the goat quarterback conversation. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of disrespectful, honestly. It's not even an argument. Um, if you want to look at you know individual, obviously a rod the passer rating, the TD INT ratio. But you know when it comes to the whole greatness thing, it's a team sport. Winning championships to win six. Go to nine and then be in another NFC championship right now. I mean, it's crazy. It's just, you can't you can't say enough. And I definitely don't think the uh, the go argument should even be a, a debate at this point. I've seen it on a couple of talk shows today. Not yours, but uh, it's. Yeah. It's not even a debate at this point. Well, Aaron has a chance over the next few years because they got a team and a system. If he ends up staying there and in Green Bay, and that's a whole other conversation to happen where he can stack up some real wins here. Like, I really think that. In, in, How old is A-Rod? What is he, 30, 
37. 36. Sir, oh, okay. Turned 37 this year. He's still got another five years, at least, it seems like, with him, right? And that team seems like they're at their best they've been in some time. Mm-hmm. They have, now, granted, they did nothing in the draft last year to try to help or free agency, really, but now they have a chance to do it. But the being teammates with Tom, everybody says he's a cool dude. All, all, as a teammate of his, is he just a robot? Is he what? What is it like? Is he? Is there any difference you realize from him, like in the locker room or in practice, than maybe anybody else you've ever played with? Because you were there, obviously, whenever you were younger. I, I'm sure you got a chance yeah. to watch. What is it like to be on a team with him? Is he just because he goes to Tampa, they win? Okay, he leaves New England, they lose. I mean, it's just so there has to be something here aside from players coming ring chasing for cheap alongside of him because how how good he is. But what does he do to the entire place that makes them win? Like, what is it about him? I mean, he just, he just increases that everybody got to step the game on, you know, offense, defense. Uh, we would joke about it a lot of times, uh, me and uh, Devin McCourty, I, the, the year we spent together, like in practice, whatever we went through in practice, we knew we weren't going to see that in the game. So it's like, damn, all right, I'm glad I got beat on Thursday, glad I got beat on Friday, but now I got whoever I'm playing against on Sunday, so we're good. And just when the offense was out there, I saw B.A. came out with a statement. I love B.A., but he was like, oh, we let him, you know, we let him coach. We let Tom do his thing here, like <laughs> – I mean, I was only there for two years, but, I mean, the coaches didn't have to talk much when uh, when 12 was on the field. I'm sure it was pretty much the same with 18 and, uh, and Indy. And he just kind of always ran that offense. But in the locker room, he was one of the guys. You know, he was held to the same standard the other guys were held to. Um, as Even as a rookie, you know, you come in the locker room, stuff is moving so fast. You're trying to be, you know, seen and not heard. And Tom would, would, would make it a point to talk to guys. You know, I had conversations with him as a rookie. You know, we did – uh, rookie dinners and stuff as a team so being one of the guys I think is a huge part of it and uh, being accessible to guys not kind of because you know how you get in the locker room you saw the last dance MJ had his own damn locker room like he wasn't like yeah. that so uh, I mean that's that's big for a team's morale and you know he's going to be an assassin he's going to be prepared and um, you always got a chance when 12's on the center. When he did the interview with Howard Stern, it was awesome, by the way, just listening to him to kind of open up there. And as he continued to open up, uh, and, you know, more pedals began, began to open up there on the conversation. He said, I love my sport. Like he said, he said he loves football. Like he he thoroughly loves football. That's why he is continuing to play and everything like that. Is he the most competitive human because that you've ever seen? Because it feels like at that top level of yeah. humans, right? Tom Brady's in there, obviously. Sidney Crosby's in there, obviously. But then you go like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger yeah. Woods. The, the, like whenever you're talking about that level of – the uber competitiveness. Aaron Rodgers talked about it earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He's like, the, the competitiveness is everything. Is he the most competitive human you've ever been around? It's always hard to say the most. Yeah, because, I agree. Because, you know, yeah. you've been around, you yeah. know, that's the sport. That's the only way you survive. You have to be, uh, you know, ultra competitive. Obviously, you know, he was talented. He had the, the ability to make the big plays in the biggest moments. So that's what separated him. And, you know, people look at that and say a Jerry Rice or a Serena Williams are more competitive I don't think it means they're more competitive, just better. So I wouldn't say he's the greatest competitor. I've been around, you know, great, great competitors. Um, so I wouldn't say he's the greatest, but he's definitely up there. And uh, he backs it up. The biggest moments, um, the biggest drives. Um, he's going to show up and make the right plays, make the right adjustments. He seems like he's in a different zone wherever he gets in the playoffs. He's played there enough. I mean, it's – Yeah. You know what I mean? Because his mindset seems to be – and I, I always – you know, I think it was kind of – preached in the teams that I was on whenever we got in the playoffs. Like, hey, four more games. It's always three more games. Like, all we got to do for three more teams is prepare, 
Okay, we got to mm-hmm. go sell out on the field. We got to, you know, eat right, go to bed early for three more games, and then you have a Super Bowl ring forever. It feels like he has that ability that when playoffs happen, something just changed. Now, granted, last week he didn't, I guess, have an entirely great game or whatever. And Linda. No, nah, but he, he took it, and whenever, whenever he was set up, whenever his defense made a play, Scored. put him in a position, he, he, he put it in the end zone. That's what you got to do. And um, even over his career, a lot of people would say, oh, he's a system quarterback, he's a game manager, he's a this, is a. That's what the greatest quarterbacks are. They are game manager. They manage the, the game. They manage the clock. They find <laughs> matchups. They make root. They get completions early. You see what A. Rod's doing now. He's getting the run game going. Getting completions. Getting in the rhythm. And then when it's time to make the big play in the big moment, you make the big play in the big moment. That's what makes the greats. You know, they just do it over and over and over again. So for him, I mean, it, it's it's incredible. He's still doing it at forty three. I can't wait to watch this 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 goat bowl and on that side of things, man. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to be incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And also, Aaron could potentially throw for 600 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he he could. Aaron Rodgers could potentially. And now, granted, he normally throws 250, 260 because they only have to throw a certain amount of time because of the managing of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take some time on this drive here. We're going to go ahead and do this. Then our defense potentially. Gonna get, then we're going to come out whenever we need it or whatever. That offense. I don't know if the Bucks are going to be able to stop it again i would assume that they're hoping so but they're two very different teams now than they were then let's talk about uh whenever you're on a football field and you see chad henny come in and, and you, oh. do, do you just do your eyes just get big whenever chad henny gets on the field or you're like oh my god we are fucked right now is that your first <laughs> well, if you're on his team or you're against him oh, oh, oh come on Deep. come on i mean chad henny I, did I, not I, deserve the burial right? no i, I I was, that was a real question, man. But that was, I mean, hats off to Chad Henney, man. Especially after that after that interception. I think that interception would probably end up being a good thing. Probably like, shit, it can't get any worse from here. Uh, he's been in the league 13 years. That was his playoff debut, I believe. So for him to step up, uh, for Andy to have the confidence in him to go for it on fourth down, um, you know, that's a great job by, by them, even by the GM, having him on the roster. You know, you have a guy that comes in and he's, Played a bunch of games, ton of snaps under his belt, no playoff snaps. So that was probably the biggest game of his career. But being the fact that he had so many snaps under his belt, man, Chad Henney stepped up, gave him a, that, that scramble, that 14 yard scramble, and then to make the play to, to seal it, man. Anything is possible. Hats off to Chad, man. Uh, anything is possible. I don't know how they managed to pay a 35-year-old backup quarterback while paying everybody else, by the way, because yeah. normally that is like, they say, well, well, since we paid everybody else, we can't do this. They get you at any. I completely forgot about that punt he threw for an interception. And the fact that Andy Reid, by the way, you know, short-term memory, no, nah, no problem. <laughs> I don't even remember him throwing that punt. Let's <laughs> yeah. go ahead, fourth, yeah. fourth and one game on the line. Let's go ahead and scramble his ass out of the pocket and yeah. have him throw a dime. I mean, good for Andy Reid, put him in that position, I guess. How do you see that game playing? Oh, 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 have you ever been in the concussion protocol? Yeah, plenty of times. Hundred <laughs> percent chance. Hundred. Did you feel as if it was an independent process there at the end? Because right now, it, it, it got better at the end. It, it did get better towards the, obviously the beginning of our careers. It was a completely different league in that aspect, in my opinion. Um, if you it was you were you were considered soft. You know, if you tapped out of a game or you didn't play the next game because you had a concussion, what do you mean you injured your brain? We can't see that. Get back out there and make it happen. So uh, it got better. You know, after obviously the movie, the lawsuits, and all the, the other things, definitely got better. Uh, but what do you mean, I you mean, when, 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 when Pat went down, when Patrick went down, I knew without a shadow of a doubt he'll be out here championship weekend, whether he had a, a concussion or not. Concussion, COVID, didn't matter. He would be out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. 
Colin Cowherd was calling for them to postpone the game. I mean, that was that's a big deal. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Pat, that is the that's N- ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The NFL. I agree. I agree completely. But the NFL, whenever this whole COVID thing was popping off, you know, and they're tightening up the protocols for the playoffs. The reason why they were tightening up the protocols for playoffs are like, what if fucking Tom, Aaron, or Patrick Mahomes get it? What are we going to do? Yeah. Fucking lock it up. And now it's not COVID. It's a concussion, though, mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. The NFL has, I I assume, as soon as they see him go, there was a lot of people there <laughs> that were like, no, 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 no. Hold his ass up right there. We do not need that. He's what, the- would you, what would you do if you're the commission? Would you, would you postpone it if he can't play until Tuesday? With a concussion, no. If it was COVID, though, I'll tell you what, that would be an interesting that would be an interesting conversation. I wouldn't say postpone it, right? I wouldn't say that. But I, no, it would have I to agree. it would be the conversation though. You know what I mean? Like that would be the conversation that would happen. Um, how do you see that game playing out? Chiefs just have this ability to win. They just they just win yeah. games. They never cover. Okay, and you're getting into gambling, obviously. So yeah. you realize they never ever cover. It's always like they'll win, but they don't cover. We I assume the large majority of us have lost a lot of motherfucking money on these goddamn Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But this weekend, playing against the Bills, the Bills have also been doing the same damn thing here, by the way. They've been winning games whenever they have to. Getting three yeah. points on the road in Kansas City. How do you feel about the Bills? How do you feel about the Chiefs? Man, you know, I've been I've been I've been heavy on the Bills probably the last five, six weeks. I think I'm I'm gonna stick with them. And uh Mahomes, I'm more I'm more concerned about that toe than uh obviously honestly it's concussion. The concussion thing was weird. It didn't you know you didn't see the hit to the head. It, it was just kind of weird. So I think he'll be fine from that standpoint. Okay. But uh definitely concerned with the toe. Um, obviously, they do some things moving out of the pocket. And he does some, you know, improv things, moving out of the pocket, making throws, um, making runs. You saw the incredible run he had last year in the playoffs. So I think uh, I think Josh Allen edges him out in this one. Uh, Leslie Frazier's been doing a great job uh, on that defense with the Bills as well. They got great communicators back there on defense, which I think is so important, especially for an uh, Andy Reid coach team because he does so much to challenge the edges and challenge the defenses, um, you know, integrity and rules. So um, I think the Bills edge them out, man. But really? I mean, Whoa. Yeah, hey, you, you really? Defend the champs, man. Both you got you got Pat Mahomes, you got Honey Badge, you got guys out there who've been there, done that. But um, I, I'm going to take Buffalo with those points this week. How do you feel about the, um, the outside option or whatever with a broken toe called in the game? Yeah. yeah. That he got hurt? Yeah. It was he was already gimpy at that point. They they got away with it earlier, uh, <laughs> under center when he scored the touchdown. But I mean that's 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 your guy, man. That's that's the franchise. That's you know best quarterback in the league. Well, second best this year, but best quarterback in the league pretty much. You you want to protect that. You want to protect him. So I think it was a bad call in that situation. All right, we have some breaking news. Let's go ahead and pivot towards that. Ex Washington football team first round bust. Dove Climbing announces QB Dwayne Haskins has a new home, signing with the Steelers per Albert Breer. So we saw Dwayne Haskins was working out with the Steelers this morning. Uh, people were wondering is this obviously to add depth or for competition at the backup i believe tomlin potentially has the same agent as him so he might have more information on what's going on behind the scenes with dwayne haskins and everything like that as opposed to an overall narrative or whatever but if the steelers can make dwayne haskins into the player that he could have could have been or could be I think that'd be good for old Dwayne Haskins and good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Don't have Mason Rudolph jogging out there. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's, I mean, that's a good spot for him. Uh, you know, Tom is a good coach. Uh, he's a, a great leader of men uh, from everybody that I've, that I've spoken to has been a part of that organization. I honestly think with Dwayne, 
it's just as much off the field stuff as it is, oh, you know, on the field. So more. He, as long as he get, he, he, yeah, he got to get that stuff together, man. You got to be a pro. I think that'll be a good situation, a good, a good, um, you know, a good environment for him. Hopefully, he turns it around. And um, obviously, they're going to need some answers when when Ben finally moves on. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, Deshaun Watson. How do you feel? What do you think? You think he's going to move? You think Casario's going down there? He's praying with Jack Easterby, Cal McNair. They're all in their little prayer circles. How, how does Easterby still have a job, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't like Jesus? It's the hand of God. Who, I, who is this? This son of a bitch doesn't like, like Jesus Christ. Come on. You hate Jesus Christ? Look, man, look, man. Don't, don't, don't put that on me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put it on yourself, pal. I'm talking about Easterby. Whenever Andre Johnson comes out and, and, and speaks like that, and other guys in these stories, man. Like, you got to make that type of move. And Deshaun, I mean, he's posting all these cryptic lyrics and messages and we're piecing stuff together. I think it's looking more and more like he's going to move. But uh, for Nick, you know, obviously he'll have to get a king's ransom for him. He's coming from an organization where no one player is bigger than an organization. So um, you can't have a guy in the locker room that's, you know, disgruntled. But you got you to make the right move for, for the team, for an organization. Tough spot for Nick to be in, man. Tough spot. But before... Before we move on, bro, I saw you getting so hyped and gassed up about this Dan Campbell hire <laughs> and this Dan Campbell MC freaking DC no judge award this year Say it, for freaking press conferences. Y'all getting riled up over it. Pat, I know you for a long time. You've never been a rah-rah speech guy, man. I, I, I was shocked to see you so jacked up about it. But what's going on, man? Hey, Darius, I think those who know me know exactly what was happening while I was speaking there. I think everybody that knows me knows how I view this situation and how it's going to turn out. I think everybody knows that. Is, is, is Foxy excited about it? Oh, I'm so yeah. fired up. This is the best thing the Lions have ever done, D-Butt. <laughs> Bro. My fake, <laughs> my fake enthusiasm God. for that guy on a day-to-day basis You're would bite the other kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. That a boy. Get some quality walkthroughs. Get some guys in the building and turn the damn it's organization. Quality <laughs> Three decades. Pay Calvin. Pay Barry. Bro. Imagine, on, imagine walking out of that team meeting room. By the way, going in the locker room, I would have loved to have been like, "We're gonna fucking bite kneecaps." Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Let's go. I mean, hey, it's good. Oh I, yeah, I yeah. Hey, Darius, former this... Dolphins coach. I mean, I, I, you know, I want to. Oh do yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot about that. Uh, his his title outside of his office, Dan Campbell, head coach slash the dude. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Let's go. MCDC, dude. Ooh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I hope he turns it around up there in Detroit, man. Yeah. Blue collar town. Yeah. There's not enough coffee in Detroit to turn things around. Darius, he drinks a gallon of coffee a day, he yeah. said, and not every other coach has to do that. Good call, Gumpy. Will you please run this clip real quick? I think we have time for the Darius, you need to hear this now that I think about it. Now that you're talking about Motor City, you need to hear this. All right, for your day, for your life, and just apply this to your everyday life, Darius, as opposed to just football. Please, MCDC, please. This place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. All I day. can give you, uh, That's what you know, hey, do. we're going to win this new game. I can't. <laughs> None of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit. So but here it comes. my language. All right, here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the idea of this city all right and the city's been been down and it found a way to get up all right it's found a way to uh overcome adversity 
All right. And so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. Wow. All right. And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. Darius, can't stand with no kneecaps, pal. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is science. Hey, Intense, man. Hey, hey, good luck to Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions organization, man. Good luck to you guys, man. I mean, he seems like a great guy. He's fired up. He's all in. Just say it. I don't he, know why people don't like Dan Campbell. Just say it. Who doesn't like it? Darius doesn't. doesn't. Connor doesn't. Whoa, 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 no. I wish no, him the best. Nothing. These New England guys I wish him the like best. Dan Campbell. I, 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 was, I was, that question was to you, pal. Was, oh, yeah. Now that I know... <laughs> Now that I know, okay, it was some fun. Okay, now now it makes sense. But you know, when you see clips in media, can get a little distorted. I was like, whoa. Uh, I mean, whoa. you knew. I mean, as soon as you heard what I was saying, you knew <laughs> exactly. Sure, man. You knew exactly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Brothers. Thank you. Man, the podcast, all th- everything DB. So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that everyone knows at this point that a bush. Is not good. Yeah, it just ain't cutting it. You need to keep that thing trimmed. You need to keep it under control. You need to manscape. Hell yeah. Our friends at Manscaped have the perfect package 3.0 that has all of your below-the-waist grooming needs. All of them. All of them. And they didn't even stop with just the most incredible manscaping trimmer that you have ever feasted your eyes upon no no the lawnmower 3.0 great piece of technology it has a nick free technology that whenever you're diner you can you can go ahead and cut with confidence yeah you can basically go all willy-nilly because whenever you are trimming your willy-nilly Everybody that has ever done it knows that there is a roll of the dice. You have a feeling that you're living on the edge of a cliff while potentially going over some very sensitive parts of your willy-nilly. Absolutely. That's part of the job. But this particular lawnmower 3.0 has something on there that it doesn't cut somehow. Yeah. Space age technology, if you will. And still trims perfectly. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the... Greatest advancements in technology in modern history. For sure. Absolutely in the 21st century. But there's also cologne for your balls, Donner. Oh, yeah. And they got powder and all this, everything. Mm -hmm. The Perfect Package 3.0 is going to make your below-the-belt operation a fantastic one. That's what I'm talking about. And right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping to that Perfect Package 3.0 and everything else they got going on. Really? Well, they got a weed whacker on there. I don't think it's in the Perfect Package 3.0, but you might see that. It's an ear uh, and nose hair trimmer Mm -hmm. that also has the Nick Free technology, which somehow happens because your nose is such a weird shape, and everybody knows that hair grows out of there. We all do, and you try to pull it out or use another buzzer, and they have the weed whacker in there that's just boom. So you go to manscaped.com. Mm-hmm. forward slash pat m that's manscaped m-a-n-s-c-a-p-e-d.com forward slash pat m you get 20 percent off and free shipping by uh, of whatever you buy that's a hell of a deal look good smell good feel good with manscaped m-a-n-s-c-a-p-e-d.com forward slash pat m you will love 
what you buy from there. We guarantee. Back to the show. We'll be joined by uh, Demario Davis in a couple moments. Uh, AJ Hawk is currently with us. AJ. Hey. AJ, we have some breaking news before we talk to this stud on the defense of the New Orleans Saints. Nick Sirianni, um, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator for the Colts. Nick, I thought he was a quarterback coach. Offensive coordinator for the Colts. Nick Sirianni is going to be the head coach, basically, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um Contract has not been signed, but now the 39-year-old Sirianni becomes the lead man in Philadelphia. He started getting interviews a couple days ago. Everybody thought, you know, Carson Wentz needs to leave Philadelphia and come to Indianapolis because Frank Reich is the head coach of Indianapolis. And Frank Reich and Carson Wentz had great success together. Now the Philadelphia Eagles said, well, if they're not going to fire Frank over there, at least we'll take the offense coordinator who's similar to him. Nick Sirianni, offense coordinator of the Colts, is now with the Philadelphia Eagles as the head coach. I wonder how those meetings went how much control he'll have congrats to him congrats the eagles on finding a head coach aj yeah and houston is the uh the lone team right without a head coach yeah and who knows who's going to get that play uh, pelicero said you know there's only 32 jobs you guys are going to want jobs right these are things that are going to happen and whatever and he said that the deshaun watson situation obviously won't be handled until the head coach is hired so they are the only place to be honest I, I thought it was going to be difficult to find a head coach, but now they got the offense coordinator here out of Indianapolis. Good for Sirianni, and uh, is that means Carson Wentz for sure, right? That's what that means. Yeah, you would think bringing in a, an offensive-minded young guy, you're thinking, hey, you're going to you're going to make Carson Wentz like what he once was. What Turn are they going to do? What are they going to do with Jalen? You think? I don't know. Get him ready as well. Like that's going to be a weird room. How do you keep them both around? I have no idea. Because you know the moves are always. The first thing, and then you lead to, then you talk like, oh, now, now we got humans here as well. Now we, now we got to deal with the human aspect of this thing. How will this whole thing play out? I don't know much about Sirianni. I thought he was just quarterback coach. Turns out he's offense coordinator. Yeah. I've been a Colts fan, obviously, for as long as I possibly can. But so that's a very interesting situation. Uh, did you see Motor City Dan Campbell's press conference this morning, AJ? And uh, did you see me and Darius Butler talking about it a little bit? I assume you have similar uh, reactions. That is going to be a place where special football players are going to have to go to. There, there is a, there's going to be a certain cloth of football players, I think, that are going to go to Detroit. And if they get all those guys in there to row the boat in the same direction, in the Motor City Dan Campbell direction, he's up there, they're rowing in there. I'll tell you what, Detroit could be a problem. But it also could potentially be a problem building that culture that he said they're going to build from scratch with a vision of Motor City Dan Campbell. The sad thing, though, is when you when – you, hear Motor City Dan Campbell talk, Matt Stafford is the exact guy you want when you're if you have I know Dan Campbell as your head coach. Think about a guy that plays through his broken back and all kind of injuries and can still slang it. Like it's unbelievable. And he had a broken neck, I think, at one point. Uh-huh. The, the the thing about Matthew Stafford though is when Dan Campbell was describing the offense he's gonna run he said, if they can't stop the outside zone, we're just going to run the outside zone the whole game. <laughs> if, they can't, if they can't cover the X or the H or they're sitting into a certain, they're not rolling coverage, we're going to throw to him the entire game. He said, so whenever you ask like, what my offensive scheme is, it's we're going to put our best on your worst, I believe is his exact oh, words. Yeah. And that's every single. Matthew Stafford is a guy that can sling it, mm-hmm. can hand it off, obviously, can command a team in a huddle. Maybe he is the guy that gets trapped into the, 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 the Detroit Lions <laughs> yeah. organization for the rest of his entire career because of how natural of a fit it will be with the new head coach and the dude. You know what I mean, AJ? The dude. 
I saw that. that. Is that a real thing? Yep. Detroit Lions. So lit. Yeah, it's real. Mm -hmm. It's real. Good for him. I, I love it, man. <laughs> I love what Dan Campbell's doing, bringing a little, uh, bringing some some passion, I guess, to the head coaching position. If you were on that team, and he delivers a first team meeting like that press conference, okay, obviously, as walking out of team meeting into locker room, what is your exact reaction? I would probably go directly to the weight room, start doing some neck and some shrugs to make sure I, I was I was fully capable of handling the practices. But you know what? Like I would be, <laughs> I would be uh, I would be a little bit anxious, nervous, scared, and also excited at the same time because I think when you're one, of, if you're Dan Campbell's guy, like you would do anything for him. He seems to be that kind of person. And I would assume, by the way, he would do anything for you uh, at this point. What was that? Signing, the Haskins signing is now official. Oh, okay, so they've officially put ink to One-year deal. Okay, one-year deal. Uh, Steelers, and I think Dove had that one before Chef did. Did, did yeah. Dove break news? Whoa. Wow. Before the newsbreakers, <laughs> that would be wild. Um, Dan Campbell, the thought of the thought of them succeeding is awesome because yeah. him getting oh, yeah. a press conference and it growing and growing. The thought of them going the opposite direction, I'm intrigued to see how that whole thing plays out because he will definitely be a guy – uh, like Tomlin, you go, yeah, we suck, all right? Mm -hmm. This football team, you know how I said we'd eat patellas? We're not feasting at all. <laughs> we're getting knocked down. We're crawling back up, and guess what? Another one's coming. But at some, And then at some point, this year didn't work out how we thought. Like, that is potentially how this goes. Or it goes the complete opposite direction. We're building a culture. We're still getting our guys. Every game is something fucks. That speech after his first win is going to be so good. I just cannot wait for that moment. Oh, he's going to give a game, game ball, ball to a new owner. Oh, yeah. Oh. He's going to get a game ball. Mm -hmm. There's going to be game balls everywhere. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Well, I would assume AJ would be a big Dan Campbell guy, though. That's kind of who who Dan Campbell's looking for is a bunch of AJ Hawks. I, I am. I think I am a Dan Campbell guy. I mean, Dan Campbell re reminds me of my high school coaches, but they just weren't as they they didn't say it as much to the public. But they said that kind of stuff to us. Like, yeah, he's a guy that, although I know it would be tough, it wouldn't be the easiest place to play. I think he makes dudes better and he makes them tougher. Well, I saw an entire clip about a tight end who wasn't blocking down the field when somebody uh -huh. else had the ball. And Dan Campbell was letting Ebnew, I believe. Agnew. Agnew. Mm -hmm. He was on Agnew know uh, that what he was doing was bullshit. He was the entire thing. And then, by the way, at the end of that thing, old Agnew uh, decleats somebody. Yeah. And guess who's on the sideline? Chaw the size of his jaw in and just, that's what I'm talking about. That guy. I'm, I hope the Lions win. Yeah. I hope you guys win. MVDC may not save Detroit, but he will save Hard Knocks. Because when Hard Knocks does the Detroit Lions this oh. offseason, it's going to be must-watch television. They film everything. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady's really good at football. We talked about that in the first hour. Uh, Demario Davis is moving to 10 minutes from now. Here we go. They asked to push it back. He's probably working out, by the way. Yeah. If mm -hmm. I had to guess. That's right. He'll be working out. We'll, we'll talk to him about Motor City Dan Campbell, by the way, because yeah. Motor City Dan Campbell is down to Saints, assistant head coach. And I guess he spoke to the team every week, Tom Pelissero said. Mm -hmm. what, what is he like? Is this what he's like every single day? We'll talk to him about the Saints season, his season. I mean, there will be a great conversation with that. Uh, we're going to take some phone calls, AJ. We haven't done that all day. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to Danny in Cincinnati. What's going on, Danny? Hey, what's going on, Pat, boys? A to the J. All right. All right. That was All pretty right. good. Right. Yeah. That was pretty good. What's going on, man? See, I want to shift our attention up to UFC 257 this weekend. Oh, it's going to crash. I think everybody's asleep on Dustin Poirier. This guy is – he has fought at such a higher level. He's got a Tom Brady-type wealth of experience. Since, since 2016, this guy's fought nine times. All top-tier talent. He's 7-2. and two. 
He's got four finishes of the night, uh, one performance of the night bonus. Connor fought three times in that same period. He's he's a great fighter. He's a better athlete. But plus 250 on Dustin Poirier is insane. You need yeah, to- a lot of people taking that bet, Danny. I appreciate that. And MMA talk really does please our audience. I do know. Uh, that's something that really helps out the show, Danny. I don't know if I'm uh, the one that should be speaking about it. Uh, I obviously like Conor McGregor just because I'm somebody that is not inside the MMA world, although I will watch every single fight that is on Saturday nights. I, I don't do the Wednesday midday or midweek mm-hmm. cards. I apologize no, no. for that. But Saturday night I'm laying around and there's nothing else on. Uh, and no other football games or anything on that are – I will watch every single fight, but I don't want to know any backstories. Okay, I just want to go in there. I want to see who throws – who throws hands? You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. So I've always become a I've become a big Conor McGregor fan as a uh, I don't want to say uh, what's a new uh, like a uh, uh, casual. Yeah, like a casual. What's the word? R U B E. Is that a word? Oh, a rube. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. Is that offensive to anybody? Uh, no. I mean, people might be calling you a rube if you're trying to talk about MMA. There we go. That's okay. What, yeah. So, so I get this thing tweeted to me about hockey, which I'm not. I'm a hockey aficionado. I am yeah. not <laughs> what you guys. But I was worried that that was potentially a, a very offensive. So I'm I'm a rube when it comes to MMA. Uh, but I'll watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Connor made me like a fan of what was going on over there, which then led me to Dana White. Dana White is the guy that I am a fucking fan of. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of Dana White, just like I was a fan of Vince McMahon whenever he was back being an actual character on TV every single week. Dana White this morning, I think the big storyline of the press conference for us this morning, obviously Connor's at a lighter weight. Poirier looked very scared in the moment, but it could have been just him being chill and we don't know him or whatever. Uh, and he might win, by the way. A lot of people are saying exactly what Danny's saying about him. Uh, but Connor McGregor said during that time frame to Ariel Hawani, that during that time frame, he was at his absolute worst. So he wasn't really taking fighting serious. Now he's on the complete flip side. He's got his entire team traveling with him everywhere. But Dana White, there's going to be no stolen streams this weekend. And Dana White fucking said that this morning. A little bit with the, uh, the piracy, the online streamers. They, they want to come after you and, and give this thing away. So oh. any, reg- any regret? No, it kind no, of made no, me stir no, in the no, no. a little bit. I'm glad you asked me about that because um, <laughs> we got one. We got him. We're watching this guy right now. All you have to do is turn it on on Saturday, and we got you, fucker. (laughs) Turn it on on Saturday, streamers, and see what happens. Dana White says, we got one. Now, (laughs) every one of them, unless every one of them is thinking, is he talking about, he doesn't, that's bullshit. He doesn't got me, but then what if you, what if you get the trigger the guy? You're rolling the dice. You were rolling dice. That's a great business move by Dana. And I'd assume that streaming is a big problem for them and for ESPN Plus, AJ. Oh, it's streaming is a huge issue when it comes to fighting especially. But, man, I always just go back to, like, what if Roger Goodell had a little bit of that in him? Oh. How amazing would the NFL be? Come on. Hey, we got you, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then some, he'll, somebody will ask him a question that he doesn't enjoy or whatever, and he will just bury the per- He will cut a, per- a promo mm-hmm. on the person, and then next it's just – it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. He, uh, I, but I will watch this weekend. Obviously, I oh just, yeah. I think there's a chance. The uh, Connor says he's got four fights left in his UFC contract. He'll do them all in the first quarter of this year if they let That's, him. Whoa, four That's fights, insane. three months. Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> I believe him. Do you see him show up uh, shirtless, carrying his little son or one of his kids? It was awesome. You believe him? He'll have four fights in three months. That's why. No. So he's just playing on knocking. All right, this is going to be a quick one. Mm-hmm. Knockout. Four rounds. Like, right, can we go next week? I'm still here. Got yeah. the palace still. <laughs> Rolls Royces are still in town. Got a yacht as well. Can we maybe just run this thing back again? And then if he's a free agent, which I would assume is what he's. 
thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you get four more fights, let's go. That money is going to be astronomical for him. Besides getting beat up in a fight, like, hey, getting four fights out of the way and not having to do six-week training camps every time is probably pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like I should have twins if I want two kids, so I'm going to do the fucking baby thing right now. Exactly. (laughs) But you can't really just do that. Because, like, I don't think you can just give four fights in three months. (laughs) But if Conor McGregor does it, I'm fucking pumped for him. I am absolutely pumped for him. Let's get to the phones. Let's go. You you, you know MMA, don't you? You you hosted a mixed martial arts show. Yeah. Yeah. I did on Sirius for a little while. Yeah, I don't anymore. Oh, well, why don't you host anymore? You didn't know MMA? Oh. No, I did. It was just I was doing other stuff on whatever, the Big Ten channel, NFL channel, other stuff on Sirius, Whoa. too. Were they calling you a rube? I was. I, I Absolutely. I presented myself as a rube, as a novice that didn't know, as a, a casual fan that just really enjoyed the sport. I was no expert by any means. You watching this weekend, and how do you feel Poirier's going to? I mean, I like Poirier. I have no idea what what they're going to look like, what Connor's going to look like. But yeah, it's tough. It's very tough to pick against Connor. I bet on him when he was boxing Floyd Mayweather. Actually, mm-hmm. he lost, but I had faith. Ryan in Cleveland, what's going on? You don't just get that yacht from fighting for no reason. No, no, no. no, no. Okay, like these marquee free agents. Everybody talks about, like, oh, I'm not paying one of them. You know why they're fucking marquee free agents? Because they've earned it. Mm-hmm. That yacht Connor's walking off of isn't just because he's some, some Joe Schmo out there. And by the way, that is a rube talking. Uh-huh. So go ahead and remember that. Uh, Ryan, what's going on over there in Cleveland? Dog Pound's got to be barking in uh, absolute happiness right now. Wagging your tails and shit. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm actually not going to talk about the Dog Pound. Just with the, the hiring of Dan Campbell there, and speaking of fighting, I was wondering who would win in the matchup then, Vrabel oh. or Dan Holy Campbell? shit. Oh. That's a great question because now whenever Vrabel and Harbs almost got after it uh, in Baltimore when the Titans did their breakdown on the shield and Harbaugh went out there and said it was disrespectful and, and Vrabel came out and did a, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. That led to a lot of speculation from shows, national shows, not regional shows, but national shows mm-hmm. on which head coach would potentially stand a chance if Vrabel was just to line them all fucking up and just knock them out. Now you do have to potentially put – Huh. Motor City Dan Campbell into the conversation. I still like Vrabes, by the way. Yeah. I still like Vrabes. But I would assume that MCDC is not going down without at least taking out an Achilles or four. After a gallon of coffee, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, a gallon of coffee. Mm-hmm. Vrabes is going to have to get a couple cigs in and go for that thing. But <laughs> we got some real, we got some badass head coaches popping off right now, AJ. That would be a real, like, Rust Belt gritty fight. And Dan Campbell is somebody that actually. It is similar stature to Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel's like 6'5", 6'6". He's super tall. Dan Campbell's a big old dude. It'd be a heck of a fight. I don't. I hope it doesn't happen because there's going to be a lot of bloodshed, but yeah. uh, it'd be fun. Well, it sounds like with Dan Campbell, there. I mean, you get one shot, you better fucking kill him because he, yeah. is, he is in that thing. Like, he'll fucking hey. smash a beer bottle and stab Vrabel in the <laughs> neck if he's not, you know, too about his P's and Q's. He said this team is going to reflect my personality oh. yeah. and the city's personality. With what you just said, as a Green Bay Packers owner, maybe you start to think about the next couple years all of a sudden, yeah. next six years. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I understand there's a lot of different options out there. The fact that you spend time with us on a daily basis, you're really awesome, man. They are. Really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. If you like this show, be a friend, tell a friend. The Pat Magby Show 2.0, not too bad. Not terrible. That's all we're asking. Yeah. And if you think the show is terrible, don't tell anybody about it. 
We'll be back tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. Huge show tomorrow. Feel good Friday going in championship weekend, plus the McGregor fight. I mean, let's go. Let's have a show tomorrow. We will. We'll be back. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a gorgeous Thursday. Thank you.